Hi, this is Dr. Ian Smith from New York City, author of The Fat Smash Diet and the Diet Guru on Celebrity Fit Club on VH1. You're listening to the first national radio channel created specifically for clinicians on ReachMD XM157. Alcohol for enrichment of food and enjoyment of life, definitely. But should we be recommending it to our patients as an essential component of a healthy lifestyle? Quite possibly. You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, your host, and with me today is Dr. Dana King, professor in the Department of Family Medicine at the Medical University of South Carolina in Charleston. Thank you so much for being with us, Dr. King. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, your article in the American Journal of uh, Medicine is very provocative and talks about initiating drinking in middle age. Can you tell us what prompted this type of study? Well, the benefits of alcohol have been uh, debated over the last years, and we noticed in reviewing some research and some policies that the American Heart Association, although recognizing that alcohol has some benefits for cardiovascular health, has a very specific policy suggesting that people in middle age should not begin to drink alcohol for its health benefits. So that what that essentially says is that if you're already drinking alcohol one drink a day or so, that's fine. But if you don't drink now, the harms you know, outweigh the benefits and you should not start. And we thought that was worth investigating further. And the harms that they're concerned about, would that extend just to overdoing it and in motor vehicle accidents? Or are there other harms that they are concerned about? Well, especially in middle-aged adults and people who are, and older adults who are at risk for cardiovascular disease, certainly they could be taking medications with which alcohol would interfere, or there could be problems with liver disease. And so beyond just overdoing it, there may be even problems just with drinking a moderate alcohol amount uh, for this population. So you looked at what is defined as moderate alcohol consumption, and and, uh, what is the accepted definition of that? The accepted definition is one drink a day or fewer for women and up to two drinks a day for men. And has uh, the type of alcohol, uh, does that impact the guideline in any way? No, the type of alcohol is basically one ounce of alcohol approximately. So That would be in about 12 ounces of beer, uh, 6 ounces of wine, or in one mixed drink. They all have approximately the same amount of alcohol. So one drink of each of these beverages is approximately equivalent. And as you alluded to before looking at uh, starting to drink in middle age, there are some established cardiovascular benefits of this type of moderate alcohol consumption, is there not? Well, that's correct. There have been some cohort studies, including the Women's Health Study and the uh, Physicians Health Study, who followed you know a group of nurses and a group of physicians, uh, over 25,000 of them over a period of time. Both of these have shown significant cardiovascular benefits for people who take in a modest amount of alcohol. What we wanted to find out, though, is whether this same benefit would accrue to people who would start in middle age. Good. And, and uh, how was the study done? Can you describe it for us a bit? Well, we looked at a database of the Atherosis Risk and Community Study. And we looked at about 7,697 participants who had no history of cardiovascular disease, and they were non-drinkers at the baseline of the study. And we followed them for six years. And during that time, these participants spontaneously, not as part of any protocol, but just spontaneously, some of them began to take up moderate alcohol consumption. And so after that six-year period, we started a new follow-up period of four years. And we compared the people that had started 
to drink alcohol to those that were persistent non-drinkers for four more years to determine their rate of cardiovascular events. And uh, when you say middle age, that was uh, defined in the study as 45 to 64? That's right, adults age 45 to 64. And uh, how was the alcohol intake uh, assessed? Were there surveys done or exactly how was that uh, measured? Yes, in this scoreboard study, there are visits every three years. So there are extensive surveys taken in this population over three years. Every other time, there's a physical examination, blood work and things that are also included. But every three years, there's an extensive history taken, and that's where we got our information. Oh, very good. And in a group this size, that's a, that's a good size, 7,359 non-drinkers. Did you, I imagine, try to sort out other possible confounders? Exactly. Uh, in any study where you're following a, you know, the natural history of the disease as opposed to a clinical trial, you have to take into account other things that might interfere with your outcomes. And so we took into account age, race, sex, education level, obesity as far as body mass index, smoking history, exercise history, and whether or not people had hypertension or diabetes or hyperlipidemia. We took all that into account. And even after doing so, there were 38% fewer cardiovascular events in the new drinkers as compared to the persistent non-drinkers. 38%, that sounds like a very robust number. It was very solid and it was maintained you know, basically with and without the adjustment for those confounders. How many of the this 7,300 group of people that you started with did on their own take up drinking? Was it a significant percentage of that total group? Yes, about 6% of the people began moderate alcohol consumption during that period. Interestingly, only 0.4% began drinking at a heavier rate. So one of the risks that the American Heart Association was concerned about is that if people start drinking, they'll go down the slippery slope. And that did not appear to happen. That was less than half percent. That is very impressive because that has to be a concern. Um, if people uh, take this up, will a significant number then start to abuse and, and go right into the range where we could get concerned about some of the harmful effects of alcohol, but only 0.4 percent actually drank heavily? That's correct. And while they did not see the cardiovascular benefit, even comparing all the new drinkers compared to the persistent non-drinkers, the all-cause mortality was not different. So there apparently was a cardiovascular benefit without any corresponding increase in other causes of death or problems in this study. So that was also somewhat reassuring. Hmm. Would you think if uh, mortality was reduced, cardiovascular mortality, that overall mortality should also go down? Could you look at it the other way and say, why, why didn't it go down in the moderate drinkers? Well, very astute. Uh, however, we only had a four-year follow-up period, so I'm actually satisfied with the direction of it. The odds ratio was 0.71 for new drinkers. So there were actually 29% less likely to have all-cause mortality among the new drinkers. So it was definitely in the same direction as the cardiovascular benefit. I think just because of the lower number and the short follow-up period that we were not seeing significance. I, I cannot say because it's not statistically significant, but I'm not that concerned that it's actually going the wrong way. Well, that makes sense. And, and as you said initially, that certainly is very reassuring that taking up uh, moderate drinking was not associated with an increase in uh, other types of mortality. If you've just joined us, uh, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, your host, and I'm speaking with Dr. Dana King, professor in the Department of Family Medicine at the Medical University of South Carolina, about the possible cardiovascular benefits of initiating drinking in middle age. 
Dr. King, I, I noticed that you did an analysis of the type of alcohol, and that was very interesting. Can you describe that? Yes, and it was actually pretty surprising to us as well. Uh, we knew people would ask the question because of the previous research that's gone on regarding wine and, and red wine in particular in the presence of antioxidants, that uh, people would wonder about whether there was a particular benefit from wine drinking as opposed to other types of alcohol. And we were able to separate out new drinkers of wine versus other. Um, we identified a small subset of new drinkers who consumed only wine in moderate amounts. We were not able to separate out specifically you know, exclusive red wine drinkers versus white wine. But nevertheless, in this subset of wine-only drinkers, the benefit was even more substantial, and they had a 68% relative reduction in cardiovascular events during the four-year period. That's very impressive. It seems from this data, although somewhat limited because of the small group, uh, that wine may provide a, an additional benefit over other types of alcohol. That's correct. It appears that, in fact, most of the benefit in this study was due to that group, although there was still a trend in the same direction for other types of alcohol to have a similar benefit, just not as strong. And mechanistically, do we have an understanding of how this beneficial effect of moderate alcohol consumption may come about? Well, this is still an area of active research. We do not know specifically the mechanism or what I think is more likely a combination of mechanisms for this. In our particular study, we were able to evaluate a couple of things. One was uh, cholesterol, and we found that indeed in our study, new drinkers had increased HDL cholesterol and from 51 up to 54 and a half and lower LDL. New alcohol had a beneficial effect on the lipid profile. And I'm certainly, as I imagine many listeners are familiar with the beneficial effect on HDL. Is that lowering of LDL something that's been seen in other work on alcohol? Yes, but this was, and it was, it was fairly modest. The LDL only went from 127.8 compared to 123.5. But nevertheless, the combination of those two changes, I think, could have a significant impact Mm-hmm. you know, overall on the atherosclerosis potential in these patients. But I, I don't think, and this is opinion not from the study, that that would be sufficient by itself to explain a 38 or 68% improvement. Again, not based on the study, but based on your background, other mechanisms, uh, an anticoagulant effect, anti-inflammatory effect that, that might be at work here as well? Yes, from other studies, not this one. We have seen uh, both an anti-inflammatory and antioxidant effect of alcohol-containing beverages as well. In our study also, in contradistinction to a study that came out almost simultaneously, we did not see an increase in hypertension or increase in blood pressure in the new drinkers in this study. In fact, the mean blood pressure in our study in the new drinkers was 90.2 compared to 91.9. So actually with this low or moderate level of alcohol consumption, in our study actually there was a slight blood pressure benefit. So this is somewhat opposed to previous studies. Very, very interesting. Should we, at this point as clinicians, be starting to recommend that non-drinkers in middle age perhaps start drinking? Well, I think uh, one study or even a couple of cohort studies is not going to convince the American Heart Association. And there are significant ill consequences of alcohol that have to be taken into account. I do think this is enough information, however, to prompt at least a conversation between patients and their personal physician and to take their individual risk into account because it is unlikely that a prospective clinical trial is going to be performed giving people wine versus placebo and following them for five or ten years. So while people may say it's not proven until you have a clinical trial, it's going to be extremely unlikely to have 
a clinical trial that would replicate this type of study and put, you know, 8, 10, 15, 20,000 people into a study and then follow them randomly, you know, for 10 years and have them unpolluted by their environment, yes. uh-huh. yeah. uh, I think that's unlikely. So this may be the strongest or among the strongest type of evidence that we get. That makes sense. I could certainly see how it would be hard to enforce or police that study uh, given the prevalence of alcohol in our society. Exactly. Well, I want to thank Dr. King for discussing his very interesting article that is published in the March issue of the American Journal of Medicine about adopting moderate alcohol consumption in middle-aged non-drinkers as a way of perhaps reducing cardiovascular risk. Very interesting stuff, and we'll look for more information as it comes out in the future. You've been listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. This has been the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Friedman. To comment or listen to our full library of podcasts, visit us at ReachMD.com. You can also register with the promo code RADIO and receive six months free streaming to your home or office. Thank you for listening.